Welcome to another Take 10 with Jen. Get equipped in the supernatural. And now, here's Jen. Welcome back to Take 10 with Jen, a supernatural podcast. This podcast is being heard around the globe and is charted this week in Australia, Finland, Germany, Indonesia, and more. Be sure to get this podcast each and every week. Subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with all of your friends. In my last podcast, I began talking with you about inner healing and deliverance and why the body of Christ desperately needs it. Demons, well, they're real. They're fallen angels and sinister to the core. They come to oppress, harass, and torment people, including Christians, and they do it by looking for an open door. That open door for spiritual oppression can happen through unrepentant sin against God or people, but it can also happen through some kind of emotional wound that needs to be healed. And until that wound is healed, the door remains open. You might cast out a demon successfully, but it'll come back because there's an open door. There is some kind of landing strip in the heart and life of a person that gives access to demonic torment. Inner healing ministry, well, it serves to shut those doors. It serves to heal the wounds of the heart and remove access from demons. Today's topic is hot off the press. It just happened. We experienced a mass deliverance in New South Wales, Australia, This story is fascinating, and we can only credit the Holy Spirit with how it played out. But before I share about this, I want to remind you to get a few copies of my new best-selling book, The Inner Healing and Deliverance Handbook. Don't get just one. Get more than one. This is a book that you want for yourself, but you also want to have some extra copies on hand for when you run into someone who needs it. The Inner Healing and Deliverance Handbook comes in paper, digital, and audio formats. We also ship from the USA and Australia. Go to jenniferevaz.com and just hit the shop tab. Now back to our topic. I just got back from my second trip to Australia in just a few months. This time, I was ministering at a prophetic conference when a mass deliverance happened. Mass deliverance is a type of group deliverance and will happen to an entire gathering of people at one time. This is in contrast to individual deliverance ministry in which one person at a time is ministered to. This mass deliverance, it all took place at the Hub Church in the city of Newcastle over in New South Wales, and in response to a prophetic act that the Holy Spirit dropped into my spirit right before the final session. When I say I performed a prophetic act, what I mean is this. A prophetic act is an action given to you by the Holy Spirit that becomes a sign and a decree to the spirit realm. God starts it, but you act on it, creating the heaven to earth connection. We see prophetic acts all throughout the Bible. The most notable is in Exodus 12, as the Israelite families each killed a lamb and put its blood on their doorposts. When the death angel came to enact judgment on the region, it passed over all the households covered by the blood. This was a powerful act and a timeless statement pointing us to the eventual sacrifice of Jesus who shed his blood on the cross for our sins. Another prophetic act can be found in 2 Kings chapter 13 and verses 14 to 19. This is the story of Elisha and King Joash. In this passage, we see Elisha challenge the king to shoot some arrows into the ground. The king proceeded to shoot the arrows, but only shot three arrows when he could have shot a lot more. 
Elisha reacted and replied in verse 19, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. This prophetic act was intended to set things in motion to free Israel. But the king's passivity shortchanged that effort. God is still doing prophetic acts today, but we have to stay in step with what he is doing. We don't put together our own thing or do a prophetic act that someone else has done just for the sake of doing it. Prophetic acts are powerful visual statements that put the spiritual realm into motion once we've really heard the Lord. Prophetic acts, when they truly come from the Holy Spirit, are undeniably powerful. That's what happened while I was in New South Wales, Australia at the Hub Church. Right before the final session of the conference, the Holy Spirit dropped a prophetic act in my spirit for the evening revival service. After worship, I was given the microphone and began to explain to the crowd about land and how land needs to be healed. This is based out of 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, which reads, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Most of the time we finish this verse at the forgive their sin part and forget that God promises to heal our land in response to our repentance. That means the land will cooperate with you. It will be a source of provision and economic viability for you. Healed land, now hear me, is not impacted by drought, dust storms, famines, floods, earthquakes, tornadoes, plagues, and more. It's healed land. This goes back to the Garden of Eden where we see how the once fertile land came under a curse because of the sin of man. When man fell, land also fell. And so when man is restored, restored to Christ, well, land, it can come under a restoration too. We see an example of this in 2 Samuel chapter 21. That chapter begins like this. Now, there was a famine in the days of David for three years, year after year, and David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord answered, it is because of Saul and his bloodthirsty house because he killed the Gibeonites. Basically, King Saul broke covenant with this tribe and the land went into famine in response to the sinful deed of Saul. David didn't commit this sin. Saul did it, but David had to clean it up. And he did that and made things right with the Gibeonites. Once that happened, the famine broke and the land was healed. I began to explain all of this to the attendees at the conference in Newcastle, New South Wales, and I expounded on the importance of First Nations people and how God gives them a certain authority in their nation because they were there first. I also clarified that land begins to suffer iniquity when covenants are broken and treaties are not honored or when our government abuses First Nations people in general. For example, when I minister at American churches that exist on land stolen from Native Americans, I get physically ill in a certain way, and it's the same narrative every single time. The church is sitting on stolen property and the government did it. There is iniquity in the land because of injustice. The land is sick. It's not healed. And sick land will create sick people. 
At the conference, I called forth all of the attending indigenous people. There were about 10 to 12 persons. Next, I asked the attendees to give an offering to these people in particular and to lay their offering at their feet. They didn't necessarily need this offering, but it was an act of honor. That's why I did it that way, again, having been prompted by the Holy Spirit. I made sure to lead the way and personally demonstrate this prophetic act, but then the room responded with amazing generosity. One by one, attendees laid their offering at the feet of the room's First Nations people, which included pastors and elders and family. Then I invited my personal assistant, who is Australian, to say a prayer of repentance on behalf of Australia to these special people before God and everyone in attendance. When she did that, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon her so strongly that she just crumpled onto the platform and couldn't even get up. Either way, I asked the indigenous group if they received her repentance, and each one said yes. When they said yes, the power of the Holy Spirit fell upon the entire room. Firstly, you heard the sounds of travail. Travailing prayer is a prayer without words. It's a very deep prayer, and it feels like you're giving birth to something. In the spirit, you really are giving birth to something. You might groan or weep in depths that you can't mimic or hype. It's a prayer of the spirit, a very powerful prayer. That's what travailing prayer is. At the same time, we could hear and see several people spontaneously manifest demonic as mass deliverance swept through the room. Why did that happen? Well, it happened because iniquity in the land was broken once these individuals received my assistance repentance on behalf of their nation. People in the room who were demonically oppressed as a result of iniquity were suddenly freed. These were Christians, but the sickness in the land had bound them, probably sickened them until that night when all of this got uprooted. This is big stuff. But either way, we saw the impact on the intending indigenous and the results of this prophetic act happened right before our eyes. Restoration of honor and then mass deliverance that happened when iniquity was addressed and broken in Jesus name. Thank you once again for listening to Take 10 with Jen, and I need you to financially partner with me. When you do, ministries such as what I described in this podcast, well, God credits you and blesses you because you're partnering with us. So go to JenniferEvaz.com and just hit the Give tab. Thanks again for listening to Take 10 with Jen. For more resources and to become a partner, visit us at JenniferEvaz.com.